0: GOD'S MOUNTAIN AND REST SAFETY, SHELTER, AND PEACE BY APOSTLE JACQUELINE Fedor, HEBREWS CHAPTER 4, VERSE 1 THEREFORE, SINCE A PROMISE REMAINS OF ENTERING HIS REST, LET US FEAR. FEAR? LEST ANY OF YOU SEEM TO HAVE COME SHORT OF IT. WHY DID APOSTLE PAUL SAY WE SHOULD FEAR NOT ENTERING GOD'S REST? For the answer, let us look at a scripture that will help us to better understand from Genesis 2, Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. He fulfilled that part of his plan that he needed to materialize to bring forth the beginning, which he had done, previously mentally envisioned, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. He rested from manifesting his ideas into reality. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. It was to be set aside from the regular work to remind man to enter his rest. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created, or mentally envisioned, and made, visually materialized. All things were completed, the whole universe was realized or made visible, and then God rested. All things were done. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 explains it this way, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever, unlike man's own works, which are temporary. Nothing can be added to it. God's works are perfect and complete and nothing taken from it. There is nothing lasting that can be done apart from Him. God does it, that men should fear before Him, so they would not take the glory or credit for things they do well. God already did them, and we just bring things into being. That which is, has already been, and what is to be, has already been. In other words, all has been accomplished, and God requires an account of what is past. Did we do His works according to His timing, or did we do ours? Let's go back a few verses and read 9 and 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 That which has been, done in concept and plan, is what will be. In God's timing, it will be made visible. That which is done, All he was now resting from is what will be done, be brought into being by something or someone predestined to make it visible, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new? No, it has already been in ancient times before us. Isn't God amazing? So everything that has been and everything that will be, that is of God, is in God's rest. The fulfillment of all the promises made to the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are there. His plan for the restoration of creation, his feast with the blueprint for the reestablishment of his kingdom, are there as well. In his rest is his knowledge that will set us free from Satan's lies, and if applied, Will stabilize our lives through the end days. In his rest also is his law to be placed on the forefront of the hearts and minds of his people as they enter to guide and protect them. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful, perfect, and in order. In its time, he sets the timing. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts to make mankind desire to be immortal, as in the beginning. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. We, therefore, do not know through whom or at what time these things will happen. What we do know, however, there will be perfect harmony, everything perfectly synchronized with the whole of the universe. It is God's promise no sickness or pain, only eternal health, happiness and peace is promised. In other words, perfect tomorrows are all found within God's rest. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 Having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, predestined and ordained order at a certain period of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. This is why Jesus says in John chapter 15 verse 5, we can do nothing without him. Another extraordinary thing about God's rest, the life and destiny of every created thing is also found there from Adam and Eve on. In other words, our lives were planned before the earth was formed. We, too, were a part of the original concept. Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 11 In him, also we, you and I, have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. Luke, chapter 12, verse 32, says, DO NOT FEAR, LITTLE FLOCK, FOR IT IS YOUR FATHER'S GOOD PLEASURE TO GIVE YOU THE KINGDOM. SO IF GOD WANTED US IN THE KINGDOM, WHAT HAPPENED THAT MANKIND IS NO LONGER IN THAT REST? TO SEE WHICH OF MANKIND WOULD LOVE HIM, BOTH CHRIST AND SATAN, WERE IN THE GARDEN WHERE ADAM AND EVE WERE PLACED. MAN WAS GIVEN THE INSTRUCTION FROM THE CREATOR TO NOT TASTE OR TOUCH OF SATAN, WARNING THEM if they did they would die they evidently did not love enough they disobeyed they mentally linked up with the enemy and swallowed his lies so they could not remain in god's rest the perfect works of god were left behind as they mentally entered satan's plan god knew they would make this mistake and fail but being a just god he devised a way for the innocent that would be born from them to re enter his rest. But to enter, man would have to lay down their works contrived in their own minds, based on Satan's knowledge, and separate from the world and its systems that evolved from the knowledge and advice Eve chose. The world was never a part of God's works. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as god did from his all our own agendas self-generated plans must be laid down let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest so all the promises can be brought into fruition lest any one fall according to the same example of disobedience and we miss out like old israel This world we live in, unfortunately, evolved from Satan's plans to take over the earth and all created beings on it. God, of course, knew that Satan would challenge him for supremacy even before he created him. He even settled time, the length known only to him, for the enemy to try his best to steal creation and be as God to the earth. Time was allowed also for mankind to see his folly, for choosing a created being over their creator. They were created little gods, children of the Most High, one Satan nor any other created being had control over. But they chose flesh and blood, the carnal and this world, over God's kingdom. Psalm chapter 82, verse 6 I said, You are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, the original state of man. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children, his little gods, have partaken of flesh and blood, Adam laid down his spirit to soulishly follow his wife's lead. He himself likewise shared in the same was born through an Adamic mother to be as carnal man to defeat all the sins that developed and pay the death penalty for things with his life and repurchase mankind for the father, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Very plain. This was necessary, as mankind was no longer in his image. Their spirits were dormant. They could no longer see or understand the spiritual, first Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. But the natural man, ones led by their bodies through their soul, does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, no spirit to lead them, because they are spiritually discerned. this world and its God rather than the Father, guides the lives of the Adamic race and shapes their future. Less of the eye, less of the flesh, pride of life, a part of Satan's nature, is blindly followed, resulting in the world and society we are in today. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 Whose minds the God of this age has blinded? Satan, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ truth that would awaken their spirits to return to their original state who is the image of god he was born like fallen man but was baptized and filled with the spirit and his godly state restored should shine on them and they would understand what all christ really accomplished for them and see the promises of restoration offered to them first john chapter two verse sixteen shows us the nature of the enemy that his children walk in for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and cannot enter god's rest without our spirits with a controlling carnal nature man developed with satan's influence the world and its systems everyone born to this race of people would also be prideful have the need to be number one be lovers of self with a hatred for anyone unlike them not kingdom-minded for sure but perfect for this world the wisdom eve chose would be extolled praised and through it the world's banking education religion and governmental systems evolved can you see why the people of this world could never enter god's rest no way are they going to give up the things they have worked so hard for. They look longingly at peace, joy, safety, a place where there is no pain, sickness, or sorrow. But all of this is found only in God's rest. God offers this rest to his children alone. The world cannot enter. Yeshua, or Jesus, the great shepherd, made a way to lead man there john chapter ten verse sixteen and verses twenty seven through twenty eight and other sheep i have which are not of this fold not of old israel them also i must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me they are not of the world as he is not of this world and i give them eternal life satan brings death and they shall never perish neither shall any one snatch them out of my hand sound good that's life within god's rest through the ages the requirements to enter god's rest have changed as his plan of restoration moved towards consummation mankind must move with it entrance was first offered judaism THAT AT GOD'S COMMAND WERE TO BREAK OFF FROM THE WORLD AND STAY TO THEMSELVES. NUMBERS CHAPTER 23 VERSE 9 SHOWS THEY RESPONDED AT FIRST FAVORABLY. FOR FROM THE TOP OF THE ROCKS I SEE HIM, AND FROM THE HILLS I BEHOLD HIM. THERE A PEOPLE DWELLING ALONE, NOT RECKONING ITSELF AMONG THE NATIONS but israel got bored in their separation and ran after the nation's pleasures this included outside women who drew them to bow down to their worldly way of life and slowly unbelief entered and they disobeyed god hebrews chapter three verses eighteen and nineteen shows us the result of disobedience and unbelief and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest But to those who did not obey. They gave in to the world, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They knew they were chosen and didn't believe God would actually ever leave them. It was then offered to Christianity. Again, let us read what Apostle Paul said in Hebrews chapter four, verse one. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. but they too failed the same forces that hindered old Israel, their entrance to the rest of God, less of the eye, less of the flesh and pride of life, stopped Christianity short of the victory. Oh, but there is a glorious branch that does enter. Remember John, chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now let us look at Isaiah, chapter 4, verse 2. A prophecy concerning the end of the ages. In that day, the day of the Lord, the branch of the Lord, the branches united, shall be beautiful and glorious. The government or head of the body of Christ and the fruit of the earth, individuals that make up the body, shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel who have escaped or come through the tribulations. Jesus, of course, is the glorious branch, but we are in him and so are a part of that branch. He is victorious, so we will be too. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and verse 29 shows us how this comes about. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, reborn to start over as mankind, have put on Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, new Israel, and heirs according to the promise, heirs of God's kingdom. We get there being born through Jesus. So the kingdom of God is in His rest. It is the new Israel that enters, the new generation, the new species of man, gathered to form the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit. The Spirit of Christ comes on us as we experience Pentecost to restore man's spirits, give them a language to speak to God, and open spiritual eyes to comprehend the things of the spirit realm as in the beginning. The last Adam has a home that can only be viewed and accessed by those that have experienced the Feast of Pentecost. It is called Mount Zion. That's right. It has an S instead of a Z. It is the mountain home of the new Israel, the body of Christ and His bride. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 24 reveals this home. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it old israel begged that the word should not be spoken to them any more for they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow and so terrifying was the sight that moses said i am exceedingly afraid and trembling but you have come to mount zion this zion is number 4622 in the strong's greek dictionary and has an s and to the city new jerusalem of the living god the heavenly jerusalem remember she was designed in god's mind to an innumerable company of angels angels were actually created to intercede for man originally according to the book of enoch the seventh from adam and are there for new Israel, or Abraham's seed, today. To the General Assembly, the Gathering Together, and Church of the Firstborn, Jesus is the Firstborn, and we are His, who are registered in heaven, predestined and written on the books in heaven. To God, these at rebirth are jubileed back to Him, the Judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, ones that have experienced all the Feast of God, all seven holy convocations, those whose thoughts are on God and minds are on the kingdom. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the go between God and his people, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel, man can overcome everything through this blood. Side note. In many versions of the Bible, Zion is translated only with a Z as Zion, but if you will look in the Strong's Concordance, you will see for yourself, every New Testament definition in the Greek Dictionary is number 4622. 4622 Zion, of Hebrew origin, 6726, Zion, a hill of Jerusalem figuratively the church militant or triumphant zion as mount zion spelled with a z governed old jerusalem so the above mountain of zion governs new jerusalem for a deeper study of mount zion please read from our archive the blast mount Hermon versus mount Hermon. verses 22 through 24 in the above scriptures are speaking of spiritual matters and are foreshadows of these end times isaiah chapter two verses three and four prophesies of this age many people shall come and say come and let us go up to the mountain of the lord mount zion to the house of the god of jacob he will teach us his ways through his fivefold ministers his government, and we shall walk in his paths because of truth his ways will become our ways, and our thoughts more in line with his. For out of Zion should have an S also, shall go forth the law to direct and guide, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Truth will flow from there as living waters, he shall judge between the nations. People from all nations will come and rebuke many people, those that do not love him. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. The kingdom is established. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 shows us an interesting twist from the natural you must have spiritual insight to comprehend. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, His land. You are God's building, His dwelling place. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 shows us what God's land and home is made of. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ first corinthians chapter three verse sixteen says do you not know that you are the temple or house of god and that the spirit of god dwells in you matthew chapter five verse fourteen reveals the city and mountain of god you are the light of the world a city New Jerusalem, made of living stones, that is set on a hill. Mount Zion, made of living stones as well, cannot be hidden. The children of God stand out as different from the world. 1 John 5, verse 19 We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, because we are free, separate from the world. You see, when man enters God's rest, he becomes a part of God's mountain or his city. They are either a part of Zion, government, or New Jerusalem, the bride, body members. All depends on their predestined call. As old Zion housed the kings of Israel, so Zion houses King Jesus through his government. As old Jerusalem housed God's people, So New Jerusalem houses His people today. There is safety, shelter, and peace in New Jerusalem, with guidance and direction given through His law. God's knowledge and truth is willingly taught through His government to all that come to Mount Zion. But they must enter God's rest, where God's mountain and city are found and in their hearts and minds choose to be there so this can be their home too. Understand where our hearts and minds are is where our inner self really is. For instance, Eve's mind went to Satan, so that is where God saw her as being. Man's daily decisions make it very plain who they love and what they love. An example, if they shop for someone in the kingdom or buy something to be used to enhance the kingdom, their mind and heart would be in God's rest. But if they shop for something that is not a part of the kingdom, or for worldly pleasure, their heart and mind would be out of God's rest and in the world. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 advises, and do not be conformed to this world. It's not God's, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable. Be an example and perfect will of God. Your thoughts are in line with God's, and your ways in line with His law. 1 John 2, verse 15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Is there a part of the world we would hate to see end? James, chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. This is what God calls disloyalty to him. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God, or makes you an enemy of God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God, and they would not be in God's rest. Now maybe some of these other scriptures will mean more to us. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 By which the world that then existed perished, speaking of Noah's era, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire, the fiery judgment of God, until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Perdition means a state of eternal damnation after death. We sure don't want to be a part of that. Revelation, chapter 18, verse 4, is one to really study at this time in history. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Very plain. It is speaking of Babylon, Babylon, the mother of all the world's religions and its secret societies, etc. She is Satan's city, and the main reason the plagues are loose today. Verses 2 and 3 tell us why. Revelation, chapter 18, verses 2 and 3. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen. And indeed she has. Much of her leadership is guilty of about Every sin in the book is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons. Lust, perversion, greed, on and on. A prison for every foul spirit. Pride, control, oppression, etc. And a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Her sacrifices to God are unclean. For all the nations, the whole world have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The whole world, with its wars and violence, is guilty of bloodshed in the name of God. The kings of the earth, our rulers, have committed fornication with her. Government and church hold hands, and the merchants of the earth have become rich. Church is big business in the world. Through the abundance of her luxury many huge edifices while its people live in poverty and lack let us read on down through verse eight for an even clearer view of what the lord thinks of her revelation chapter eighteen verse eight therefore her plagues will come in one day the lord's day death and mourning and famine and she will be utterly burned with fire the fire of judgment for strong is the lord god who judges her we cannot therefore believe the world as it says the danger of the plagues is not a problem it most certainly is so in closing we live in this world we have to work shop exist in its systems but we do not have to think like it or be misled and pulled away from god's rest We can remain there and grow daily in His knowledge, fulfill our predestined call, and manifest God's plan for our lives. If obedient to His law, we will walk in His will, finding safety, shelter, and peace in His spiritual mountain and His city. Let us read with enjoyment these closing scriptures. Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there is no more sea, no sea of humanity, not of God. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, conceived in God's mind, made visible in the end on the earth, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle, God's house, of God is with men here on earth, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Remember the scripture, You are God's land, you are God's house, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. What a beautiful promise! Now let us take one last look at God's mountain and city. Revelation chapter 21 verses 10 and 27 And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, Mount Zion and showed me the great city, New Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, again to be made visible on earth through his people. Now here is the scripture I so look forward to seeing fulfilled, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Is this not awesome? And all these promises can be found in God's mountain and rest.